HE News, episode number 17. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. Today, we're going to take a good look at the snake oil dietary supplement chart. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. We're here in our Vancouver studio. My name is Andrew McGivern. How are you doing this morning, Croft? Very well, thank you, Andrew. It's good to be with you again. And today we're going to talk about a comparison chart that was put out by the Cochrane organization through PubMed, analyzing the human-based clinical trials, placebo-controlled clinical trials, showing evidence for nutritional supplements and which ones have strong evidence, which ones don't have strong evidence supported by clinical trials. And just to preface this, it does say snake oil at the, title, at the top of the title. Which tells me that there's already some built-in prejudice in this so-called scientific uh, comparison. We'll also talk about natural health resources that Croft likes, the different newsletters that are available, and online resources as well. Well, first of all, Andrew, let's talk about this dietary supplement chart. And right at the top, of course, they have folic acid as worth the bother, and I would think so because folic acid is absolutely essential in terms of preventing birth defects, certainly among humans, and I would imagine that it probably affects other critters as well. They mention green tea. Well, that's all very well and good. They mention omega-3, which, of course, are uh, your essential fatty acids, um, usually available from uh, some uh, or vegetable oils and particularly fish oils. And they mentioned St. John's wort, which of course is a herb and has uh, shown some evidence of being valuable as an antidepressant. And then of course, uh, they're admitting to the fact that vitamin D is uh, absolutely essential and obviously not snake oil. Vitamin D, of course, is a vitamin that you can synthesize yourself because of the oil on your skin interacts with the ultraviolet B rays of the sun, and they are altered into a form of vitamin D that the body uses for many, many functions, essential for bone building. But now they're finding out it's important as an anti-cancer factor as well, uh, protecting you against bowel cancer, colon cancer, uh, skin cancer, and I'm sure you can fill in the gaps, Andrew. I can't remember everything this morning. But... Um, that's fine, and that's well and good. Um, and they mentioned the fish oils, which, of course, are a source of omega-3 essential fatty acids. And, and they mentioned cranberry, and, of course, there is evidence to show that cranberry is good for uh, urinary health. But uh, we get lower down on the list, and, well, what do you see? They're writing off vitamin C. as below, It's below the, the worth it line. And they're writing off... Aloe vera. Aloe vera. And, uh, and right down at the very bottom of the vitamin, vitamin E a. and vitamin A. Well, let's talk about vitamin C. Now, I presume this is supposed to be, these were tested with double-blind lab crossover studies, you know. And first of all, vitamin C is a vitamin that human beings do not synthesize. 
In fact, humans, as well as the primates, that means the gorillas, the chimpanzees, the orangutans, and the lesser apes, they do not make vitamin C in their liver. It's a byproduct of liver function in most creatures. And obviously, it must be very important that it is a byproduct of liver function. For some reason or another, uh, man and the primates, as well as the species of fruit-eating bat and the guinea pig, a species of fish, for some reason or another in the uh, depths of uh, antiquity, lost the ability to make vitamin C as a byproduct of liver function. And so we as human beings require food sources to get vitamin C. That is until man started fooling around with chemistry and found that we could make vitamin C in the laboratory and, and make a supplement. But the point is this, uh, to say that vitamin C is worthless when you can't make it yourself and you depend on dietary sources or supplemental sources, it's got to be the most absurd indictment of vitamin C I've ever heard in my life to say that it is worthless. Yeah, it is positioned below the worth it line. Exactly. But if you look on the left-hand side where it shows the level of evidence, yeah, it's in the conflicting category, Yeah, which well, means that there must be some evidence showing, showing that it works and some evidence showing that it doesn't. Yeah, well, of course, they're, igno- they're ignoring the work of, of uh, people like Albert Zent-Georgi, who first uh, chemically isolated and identified uh, vitamin C from uh, Hungarian peppers, papuka, and, of course, uh, the work of uh, physicians like Frederick H. Klenner of Reedsville, North Carolina, and, of course, uh, Linus Pauling became a great advocate. But not only that, we have the work of the... Uh, founder and head of the Department of Oral Medicine at the University of Alabama Medical School in Birmingham. He and his colleagues worked with medical and dental students with uh, using vitamin C to establish just how valuable it really is. And that would be um, Dr. Emmanuel Cheraskin. Dr. Cheraskin was a unique physician scientist. Uh, he held both uh, a doctor's degree, he was a medical doctor, as well as a a degree in dental surgery. So he was both a a physician as well as a dentist. And he headed up the Department of Oral Medicine at University of Alabama School of Medicine in Birmingham. And he and his colleague, uh, Marshall Ringsdorf, they used medical and dental students as guinea pigs. And they were able to establish vitamin C as a powerful healing factor that, in fact, there was no limit to the amount of vitamin C that you could take, and, you'd, and the healing of a wound or an injury would be just accelerated. Absolutely unbelievable. And these were uh, carried out and published. And this kind of work uh, is better than the, the type of double-blind crossover study that this PubMed organization is talking about. But in any case, uh, Dr. Cheraskin, they not only worked with vitamin C, but they worked with other uh, vitamins and minerals in terms of their healing factor, their importance in terms of maintaining health and prevention against disease. So with regard to vitamin C, to say that it's below the worth it line is absolutely unbelievable that uh, anybody who was responsible for this pamphlet would come up with such a thing. 
we know that the more vitamin C people take, the less apt they are to be susceptible to sickness. We can see the work of Dr. Frederick H. Klenner of uh, Reedsville of the Carolinas. Can't remember if it's north or south now, but uh, you'll have to forgive me. But Dr. Klenner uh, actually helped a man with his multiple sclerosis, a man who's living in Victoria and who threw away his canes because of the work of Klenner with vitamin C, among other things, including B vitamins. And at least they have some uh, things in the worth it line, above the worth it line, but I'm just wondering about them, you know. But in any case, B vitamins play a very important role in, in helping to prevent multiple sclerosis, but so does vitamin D. And at least they've got, I think they have vitamin D up there above the, above the Worfit line, and that's mm-hmm. something. And anything above the Worfit line on this, on this chart mm-hmm. has a condition associated with it, showing the, the evidence for the condition. Mm-hmm. Everything below the Worfit line has no conditions associated with yeah, it. Yeah, well, of course, this is absurd because uh, we have the work of, of uh, Dr. Uh, Linus Pauling, of course, uh, worked with vitamin C against cancer. And, of course, so did Dr. Abram Hoffer. Uh, they had patients on, on vitamin C. So did Dr. Klenner. These are cancer patients we're talking about on vitamin C. And it's not only, uh, uh, that, it's not only these doctors. It's uh, doctors like Jonathan V. Wright of uh, the Tahoma Clinic in uh, Renton. Or no, I guess it's, uh, it's between Seattle and Tacoma now, uh, uh, in Washington State. And he's got quite a clinic and, and, and several physicians working Uh, with him and uh, using vitamin C, not only orally, but also uh, intravenously. And uh, vitamin C in itself is a chelating agent. It it takes out heavy metals out of the body, toxic heavy metals. And and this is one reason why vitamin C has a big role to play in terms of dealing with cancer, because some minerals promote cancer and uh, some minerals promote heart disease. Uh, heart disease, uh, they also promote mental disease and uh, memory loss, and vitamin C plays a big role in these areas. And these have, have been thoroughly demonstrated by medical doctors in the field, but not just medical doctors, like we've mentioned uh, Dr. Klenner and Dr. Wright, Dr. Hoffer, but we have doctors here in British Columbia who have worked with vitamin C. These doctors have worked with chelation therapy. They've used vitamin C not only uh, recommending it or prescribing it orally for their patients, uh, but also to administer it orally. I have witnessed people suffering from uh, mononucleosis, a viral disease, which can really lay you low. And after four intravenous feeds of vitamin C, and you'd be looking at uh, several, uh, several grams per IV over a, a three- or four-hour period, or even shorter, depending on, uh, on how the protocol is set up, and within uh, four treatments, uh, you would never know that in this case, some uh, uh, shirt-tail relatives, some young fellows around uh, 18 or 19 years of age, no more mononucleosis, and they are as healthy as gall get out. I've seen the colds knocked out within a matter of 24 hours with just oral doses of vitamin C in the range of about 10 to 15 or 20 grams in divided doses throughout the day. So for them to say that there is, that, you know, vitamin C is below the worth it line is, is absolutely absurd, and particularly when we're dealing with people who uh, have to get their vitamin C from dietary sources or else by supplementing. 
And I would say that anybody that uh, makes these kind of statements to suggest, in this case, vitamin C is below the worth it line, uh, I would question their science. I would certainly uh, question their competence uh, as a scientist and just wonder uh, what are their prejudices and what are their connections. Anybody uh, listening to this show on iTunes or another website other than foodsornotdrugs.com if you go to the if you go to foodsornotdrugs.com and click on the uh, link for this episode I'll have this chart available as you're listening you can you can take a look at the chart and see what we're talking about you mentioned the B vitamins in Dr. Hoffer's work yes if you look in the same category here in the conflict, the conflicting evidence category mm-hmm. right around the vitamin C bubble yeah. There is vitamin, vitamin B12. B6, vitamin B3, vitamin yeah. B12, B1, B7, yeah. B8. Okay, uh, let's talk about... The only about B vitamin that's actually in the above the Werther line is folic, folic acid. Folic acid. Well, uh, which shows you how ignorant this really is. I hate to use the word, but it's the, I guess uh, this joker who put this together never heard of pernicious anemia, vitamin B12 deficiency. And, uh, and I guess you're not familiar with the work of, uh, of a whole slew of physicians headed by the great Canadian psychiatrist and medical doctor and, uh, and biochemist, Dr. Abram Hoffer, and his work with uh, the B vitamins against mental illness and specifically niacin against uh, schizophrenia. I mean, uh, how, how incompetent can you be not to be aware of these scientists and their great work? Uh, let's talk about the importance of, of vitamin B6 for women when it comes to premenstrual uh, stress syndrome. And vitamin B6 plays a very important role there, paradox and hydrochloride. In fact, the vitamin B vitamins are very important for women in terms to protect against breast cancer. And that also goes for men and prostate cancer. So uh, I'm telling you, uh, I would say that he can talk about his uh, worth it line and his... Uh, non-worth it line, and, uh, and right off the, the bat, uh, the author of this uh, business has already discredited themselves because they've shown their ignorance about the, uh, the essentiality of, uh, of uh, vitamins. Like, first of all, vitamin C, without it, you get scurvy, but without it, you are more susceptible to viral infection. It is a potent antiviral agent. That's why it can work so quickly against viral disease by IV, and it has also reversed and uh, halted and reversed cancers and shrunk them just through intravenous feed. And I've witnessed that myself right here in Vancouver, British Columbia. And so uh, any physician that would not consider giving a patient an IV of vitamin C when we're talking about uh, serious metabolic diseases like cancer, you know, it's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. How about now, saw palmetto? Saw well, palmetto is now, saw palmetto, this has been known as a, it's a herbal but it is shown to be very helpful for prostate health. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, of course, having worked as a nutrition counselor, I have witnessed men shrink their prostate gland just by following the advice of taking a salt palmetto extract of some reputable Canadian brand. And it just, it just blows so the mind it's, uh, away. It's effective against... Um Benign prostate hyperplasia. That is correct. Uh, but so is vitamin D, by the Do way. Do you remember that study a couple of years ago 
where uh, the results of the study had all the papers around the world saying saw palmetto does not work. Yeah. And you uh, looked at the notes in the study, and in the notes they said that the results may have been this way because we used inactivated saw palmetto. Exactly. And that, that's the other thing. But the notes don't get the headlines. No, they, that's it, exactly. And this is a sort of scientific, inco- well, it isn't science, it's something else, but this is a kind of incompetence that is out there in the so-called uh, medical and scientific world. Here's, uh, a, here's another one on the list. It's uh, just below saw palmetto. Resveratrol. Yes, and this is a member of the, of the bioflavonoid uh, type family. Uh, it's it's generally found in, uh, in in fruit and vegetables where you will also find vitamin C. So it is a vitamin C cofactor, and uh, probably with vitamin C, it might uh, even have more greater biological activity than it would on its own. And this has already been established with the bioflavonoids. And now we also have... Uh, they're, they're knocking aloe vera. It's a powerful healing agent, the gel, applied topically uh, or taken uh, orally for ulcerated stomach and other problems relative to uh, stomach ulcers and bowel ulcers. Uh, and uh, topically, it's a healing agent. Aloe vera gel is terrific. Uh, I mean, this is known in the, in the tropics and in the areas where aloe is, uh, is a, a part of the scenery. And the native people, through... Uh, you know, centuries of herbal lore have learned to use this plant very effectively. It's just unbelievable. How about echinacea? Oh, there, there's another example. Uh, this is another plant extract that uh, usually is found where vitamin C is found. And so it's, it's going to be a cofactor, and you have, this, you have this synergistic effect. And what a difference that makes. You know, we know that vitamin C, for instance, is just straight ascorbic acid has... Uh, bioactivity and uh, it will work but you can take it as sodium ascorbate and or calcium ascorbate and find it perhaps even more effective if you get it in the form of ascorbyl palmitate which is an ointment oil soluble form of vitamin c powerful healing agent to put topically on the skin abrasions and and uh, burns so uh, you know uh, it just amazes me another one that stands out to me is 5-HTP. Yes, and of course, this is the uh, form of tryptophan, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. 5-hydroxytryptophan. Yeah, and of course, that is an amino acid, and, uh, and these are the building blocks of protein. And uh, when we're short of these, uh, we can uh, suffer serious metabolic disease for a lack uh, of, uh, of these uh, particular things. And of course, prostate health uh, relies on uh, number 5-HTP. Or how about just L-tryptophan? When we look at down on this chart, we're seeing ginseng, and, and they're talking about ginseng, and uh, and the Chinese, they've been around for about seven uh, centuries or better, and uh, they've worked with it. And uh, you know, the funny thing is, fraud is uh, is uh, only good for a short run, and if uh, ginseng is uh, suspect or fraudulent, as the authors of uh, this dietary supplement chart would have us believe, then uh, somebody's off the mark because the Chinese would know for sure. And they have quite a herbal armamentarian that goes back many, many centuries, not just seven centuries, but maybe maybe more like about 10 centuries uh, of civilization. How about milk thistle? And milk thistle is another uh, a healing factor. And uh, 
I mean, we can it's go. It's been, it's the, you know, as far as I know, there's there is scientific evidence that it does support the liver. Yes, and now I have to laugh here. Yes, it does. It's a powerful healing agent for the liver, as is vitamin C, uh, and uh, is uh, minerals like zinc, and uh, and and copper. These are needed. Uh, these are these minerals are enzyme activators. That's why they are are, are important. Because uh, sometimes you need something that triggers an enzyme to work. Now, when we look at, uh, they, they, they've got, they're suggesting almost virtually no value at all. Beta-carotin? Beta-carotin is pro-vitamin A. That is, how, that is what your body uses to manufacture the form of vitamin A that maintains a healthy mucous membrane, as well as healthy skin. Okay. So you've actually jumped down to the the no evidence. Yeah, here, they're so. saying no evidence for beta carotene, and of course they don't even. Uh, I, I can't see the fine print here, but what about alpha carotene? You know, pumpkin is one of the richest sources of alpha carotene. Uh, you'll find beta carotene pumpkin. You'll find it in the squash family anyway, and you will find it in any in all your green, leafy, yellow, and red uh, fruit and vegetables. And, of course, uh, it plays a, a very important role as an antioxidant, but also for vitamin A itself, which is retinoic acid or retinol. Uh, this is very important to help your, protect your lungs against uh, invasion by viruses and uh, fungus and uh, bacteria and other nasty organisms that can cause problems and make you, the, the lack of which can make you more susceptible to colds and pneumonia. And eye health as well. And absolutely important for eye health. Yes, because the, uh, to properly to produce the, the tears and the mucosa to keep the eye well lubricated, as well as night sight. Beta carotene and vitamin A absolutely essential uh, for, for night, preventing night blindness. It allows you to go from a very dark room into a bright room and your sight will adjust and vice versa. And very, very important. And it's not just beta keratin. We've already mentioned alpha keratin, but there's xanthine. There is lutein and lycopene. And they all play a very important role as co-vitamin A factors. And of course, this is what really makes me laugh because, you know, in nature, everything works as teamwork. Without one you can't get by because other things may not work. You know, uh, copper is very important for working with vitamins like vitamin A and zinc as well. And, and all of these play a very important role for healthy skin and nails and hair. Yeah, copper is, is in the no evidence yeah. category. Yeah. And it's also a very big bubble, which means it's a very popular supplement. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because uh, what's happened is people have seen uh, publications in, uh, in scientific journals where there have been studies to demonstrate that, in fact, copper plays a very important role, as, uh, as do other uh, minerals like uh, zinc and, uh, and, of course, calcium and magnesium and selenium. And where, where is selenium on this hit list? Selenium is... Actually, I don't see selenium. Yeah. And can you imagine they have on this? I see magnesium oh, yeah, down yeah. here. You know, no I gonna, evidence. I was going to bring that up. I magnesium just, is on the no evidence. 
person. Well, I am going to tell you this, and it is a matter of record that many heart attacks occur as well as strokes or can have a heart attack leading to a stroke because of, of acute magnesium deficiency. An acute magnesium deficiency can cause the collapse of uh, an artery, and we know what an artery does or a blood vessel does. It pumps, doesn't it? It works with the heart to help the heart move the blood through the arteries, uh, the blood vessels, as well as the veins. But it's the arteries that do the pulsing. And uh, without magnesium, the artery can collapse and cause a blood clot to form. And that, in turn, can move along and create either a heart attack or a stroke. So I would say, based on this so-called chart, this, this is not worth the paper it is printed on. The, the authors of this are a menace to society, as far as I'm concerned. They are a threat to your health if you follow what they have to say. What about iodine? Iodine is in the conflicting evidence. Yeah, what do they think the uh, thyroid is all about? I mean, there's been plenty of work done by uh, competent researchers into uh, thyroid function, how important uh, iodine is and the type of iodine. And uh, it it just boggles my mind uh, that, uh, I mean, the very fact that they've got B12 and vitamin C, uh, below the con- uh, conflicting level, as well as your uh, keratins, uh, your vitamin A. Now, I presume we're talking about vitamin A from fish liver oil. You know, I wonder why the liver makes it, you know. And we can benefit from supplementing, especially if a person has uh, trouble with liver function because of uh, errors of smoking, which um, can compromise the liver and can take away its ability to do very important things for physical uh, health. It's just unbelievable that they would have such a thing. And, of course, vitamin E, totally ignoring the work of uh, the Shute brothers. Vitamin E is a healing agent. And uh, vitamin E is so vital for heart function. It prevents blood clots from forming. So it can actually... A pinch hit in a case of of a, of a magnesium deficiency, but who wants to be deficient of magnesium? Uh, magnesium is a very important muscle relaxant. It helps you to uh, to relax after strenuous exercise. Uh, but vitamin E is actually a blood thinner. So people who are on blood thinners should think twice about it and look to vitamin E. Uh, and by the way, what did he test on? Uh, what did these people test? Was it natural vitamin E, D-alpha tocopherol, or was it D-L-alpha tocopherol? There's a real difference because the studies have been done. They have been done by various scientists, too numerous to mention here, but in fact, vitamin E as D-alpha tocopherol is a natural blood thinner. It prevents the, the blood from clotting. The most bioactive form is D-alpha tocopherol, but there's also alpha, there's also beta, delta, and gamma tocopherol. And there are mixed uh, other, uh, what they call tocotrienols, other forms. But the most important of all is D-alpha tocopherol. It is a powerful antioxidant. It can be used topically as a healing agent for burns and abrasions. And, of course, if it's taken orally, it goes directly into the bloodstream. It will dissolve blood clots as well as prevent them from forming. It will heal internal ulcers. And uh, in addition to that, uh, it, um, 
is important for the for the brain because it opens up the the blood vessels to circulation the blood vessels and arteries very very important and vitamin e you but get more mileage out of selenium i'm surprised they don't where is the selenium on, on this this chart anyways the printing on the 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 green bubbles uh, don't stand out too well so i can't see what's what here the bottom line is selenium gets you more mileage out of vitamin E, vitamin C, the carotenoids, that's your alpha, beta, uh, carotin, as well as your xanthine, lutein, and lycopene carotins, because these are all antioxidants, and they are oxidized when they come against uh, oxidation uh, or oxidative stress. But if selenium is present, they are reactivated. Selenium is on the very top of the list, right by vitamin D. No and kidding. It's, uh, but it's very small, isn't it? it? The small means that it is just the, the popularity of the supplement itself. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but selenium is listed as chemo relief. Chemo relief? That's the, where, the, where they're saying the evidence is yeah. based. Chemo relief. Well, I've seen studies where uh, blood levels of selenium were in uh, up to the milligrams. You know, when we're talking about selenium in 200 microgram potencies, and uh, these cancer patients were given selenium in in dosages that brought their blood levels of selenium uh, in in the area of uh, as much as seven milligrams, and uh, that's when the tumors started to shrink and disappear. Uh, and furthermore, when it comes to selenium toxicity, the only case that I'm aware of goes back to somewhere in the 1970s, reported in the Journal of the American Medical Association. And pharmacy was producing their own, uh, manufacturing their own supplements. And uh, the pharmacist or the biochemist, in uh, formulating the uh, selenium, made an error in calculation of a thousandfold. So instead of producing 150 micrograms of, uh, of selenium, he was producing 150 milligrams of selenium. But even then, the person who manifested symptoms of selenium poisoning, it took them three months of 150 milligrams of selenium a day to manifest poisoning. And all that was necessary for them to do was stop taking the selenium and it reversed, and, and of course, the symptoms subsided. One thing that would actually activate to the symptoms of selenium poisoning is vitamin E uh, or vitamin C because these are in themselves antioxidants and uh, lessen the need for selenium. And, of course, the selenium gets you more mileage out of your, uh, your carotens, your, uh, your, that is your, vitamin, your provitamin A, uh, your uh, your uh, vitamin E and your vitamin C. So we're looking at the four ACEs. And what are those four ACEs? Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, and selenium. And if those are fundamental parts of your dietary regimen, you cannot go wrong. You don't go overboard in terms of, of, uh, of dosage to taking into consideration uh, reasonable amounts. And so 200 micrograms of selenium, two or three a day, is simply no big deal. 800 units to 1,200 units of vitamin E. And make sure it's D-alpha-tocopherol. Same thing with vitamin C, two, three grams. We know that uh, an adult goat that weighs 120 pounds 
under stress will pump out something like 200 grams of vitamin C from its liver in a very, very short period of time, a matter of a half an hour or so. And this was, was work that was done by Hans Salick of Montreal, quite the biochemist and quite the investigator of stress. But there it is to show you how important vitamin C is. And the same goes for any of the animals of this world who make their own vitamin C. And that's all your cattle, your goats, rabbits, uh, sheep. As I said, the exceptions are the, the, the great apes and the lesser primates, human beings, the guinea pig, and species of fruit-eating bat, and a species of fish. And those are all that are known who cannot make their own vitamin C. So if you can't make your own vitamin C, to say that vitamin C as a, as a supplement is below the worth line because you have no more guarantee of how much you're going to get in in a whole food diet nowadays because of bad agricultural practices, and we'll go into that in a second. But to say, knowing that vitamin C in the diet can be a hit-and-miss affair, to suggest that it's below the worth line is incompetence as far as here's, I'm concerned. Here's something interesting. Red rice yeast is showing strong, very strong efficacy in this, in this chart. But red r- yeast rice is a restricted product. Mm-hmm. You can't buy it. No. So uh, if over it's, the counter anyways yeah. you in the health food store. Yeah, but you can't buy it as a uh, supplement. No, you can't buy it because it's been used to create a pharmaceutical product, a statin drug. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the pharmaceutical company... Doesn't want the competition. Petitioned, yeah, petitioned uh, the FDA and Health Canada to eliminate red rice mm-hmm. yeast from the market. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll have to excuse me for kind of being on a rant, but I just find uh, this chart to be absolutely unforgivable in terms of the fact that it's misleading people away from better health. And when it comes to red yeast rice or red rice yeast uh, as a uh, raw material for making, I gather it's uh, Lipitor. It's Lipitor or... Um, or any of or, these cholesterol-lowering drugs of the same. Merck's uh, version yeah. of Lipitor, whatever it's And called. let us talk about what Lipitor does. Lipitor puts you at risk for heart attack and stroke. Uh, it causes a deficiency of a very important enzyme. In fact, it prevents your cells from manufacturing, your muscle cells from manufacturing a very important enzyme called coenzyme Q10 or ubiquitone or ubiquinone, pardon me. And the bottom line is, is that this is absolutely essential for muscle function. And what is your heart? The most vital muscle in your body. Because if that muscle isn't working, you're dead. And if it happens to seize up for a lack of coenzyme Q10, then you're going to get a stroke and you're going to be dead or incapacitated or turned in, uh, into a vegetable. Uh, if, if it causes muscle weakness, that is a ubiquinone deficiency, a CoQ10 deficiency, that means the susceptibility to falling and maybe breaking bones. This is what you can expect from this so-called cholesterol-lowering drug. And uh, it, it is absolutely incompetent on the part of those who are in charge of regulating drugs and their approval that 
Lipitor should still be on the market. We have drugs like Baycol, but it's put out by the Bayer company. It had to be withdrawn because right off the bat, I guess the formulation that Bayer was doing compared to what our friends who make Lipitor, Pfizer, Pfizer, but also Baycol was put out by, uh, by Bayer, Lipitor is by Pfizer, uh, and there is another one put out by um, Merck. Uh, Merck. Now, the Bay call had to be withdrawn because it was ca- causing an epidemic of heart attacks. Uh, I don't know what they did in their formulation to make it more deadly than Lipitor, but that's the bottom line. And, uh, and the lawsuits, as far as I know, are still going on in the courts for the, the damage that, that Bay call caused. And so why isn't this joker that authored this piece of garbage, why hasn't he got something like that in there to tell you, you know? Other, other things that are rated high mm-hmm. that are above the worth at line is cinnamon for type 2 diabetes, mm-hmm. calcium. Yeah, uh, but what good is, is calcium? Cal- what calcium? good is calcium without magnesium? Because calcium and magnesium work as a team. And many scientists are saying that you need an equal amount of magnesium in your diet as calcium. And where are you going to get uh, magnesium from? But your green, leafy vegetables. Yeah, they're rich in chlorophyll, but they're also rich in magnesium because magnesium is to uh, the blood of the plant, if you will, as hemoglobin and iron are to your blood supply and heart function. Mm-hmm. Other ones that got good marks is evening primrose. Yes, and that is an omega-6 essential fatty acid, and it does have its uses. But perhaps, and that's for women's uh, problems, yeah, uh, for female problems. For PMS. But it's uh, still, uh, the fact is that the omega-3 from fish oil is very, very vital. And that's one reason why you see uh, fisher folk much, much healthier as a rule than people who are living off of, you know, cattle, animal uh, uh, protein uh, that is not seafood but land animal protein from uh, beef and pork uh, and the like and the other thing uh, that I'd like to point out with regard to evening primrose oil or so-called omega-6 oils is that these oils that you use for cooking and frying come from omega-6 seeds and they're highly susceptible to oxidation from frying temperatures in excess of 350 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And uh, they produce powerful uh, oxidative uh, factors, which can be very damaging to uh, uh, cholesterol that coats your uh, nerves and, and vital areas of the body. So this is what you have to be really aware of. How about, um, how about creatine? Creatine's on the good list. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm... They're wh- saying for cognition. And yeah, also devil's yeah. claw. Devil's for claw pain. for pain. Yeah. Well, that's fine. It has an analgesic effect, but then uh, so does opium. And we know where that stands in the, in the scheme of things when it comes to uh, food and drug regulation. But then also uh, you can have hemp oil or, uh, or marijuana. Uh, these are potent uh, analgesics and healing agents. And, of course, when you talk to people who work in the field of mental health, they recognize that uh, even cocaine has certain therapeutic uses, uh, but uh, long recognized, of course, by the Koji Indians of, of Colombia. 
And, and this is another thing that irks me uh, as a person interested in the field of natural nutrition uh, is the fact that uh, way back in the 19, or, or, well, actually 1913 or thereabouts, there was an editorial in the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, written by, I guess, the editor-in-chief of the day. And he said, in effect, that the last thing that any physicians of the day, and we're talking medical doctors, would want to do is to, uh, to uh, give up and lose from their armamentarium, which is, a, I guess, the quote, the, the phrase that he used, is the opiates, and because they are the most effective analgesics known. Mm-hmm. Of course, the side effects from opium is constipation, and, and of course... You have to deal with that. We talked about actually this before the show. It's interesting that reishi is listed in the good category mm-hmm. for, for good evidence supporting its immune system. Enhancing uh, effects, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that reishi is in there. What do you think? Does reishi have more scientific evidence than vitamin C? I would say it has an awful lot less than vitamin C. I mean, the, with reishi, you can, it, it, these are the these are the um, the uh, mushrooms from the plum tree, if I recall correctly, uh, and the stump mushrooms, and of course uh, they go back centuries in Chinese herbal lore, so they have a track record. But certainly, uh, in the since the 1930s, when vitamin C was first chemically uh, identified and isolated, it has a track record as well. But you see, there's one big difference between say vitamin C, and the reishi mushroom, it takes time to grow the mushrooms. But you can manufacture vitamin C very, very quickly. Uh, and there's another thing. It is not patentable. The process for making it might be patentable, but that patent has long uh, run its course. And anybody with a knowledge of biochemistry can make their own vitamin C. And that is the problem with our pharmaceutical industry today. If it can't be patented, it can't be profitable. That's true. And this is the problem with all these things that are on this chart, whether they consider it to be worthless or worthful uh, or worth it, is none of these are patentable. They are competition for prescription drugs. And, of course, we know what it costs for one prescription drug in the treatment of cancer, Herbitex. And anybody can find out just by looking at Friday's Vancouver province and the story of a man from Surrey, British Columbia, who, thanks to about, what was it, around almost $49,000 worth of Herbitex, in four months he was able to um, have his cancer shrink and disappear. And that's great. But it's noticeable that he was also on $3,000 worth of naturopathic medicines and uh, diet and uh, so on for each month uh, that he was trying to get rid of that tumor. So uh, how do we know that it wasn't the naturopathic items at $3,000 a a month that were, you know, contributing to this more so than the Herbitex? And, of course, the fellow who owns um, the magazine... His name is uh, a publisher of uh, one of these popular type magazines. And uh, he was fighting a similar type of cancer. And, uh, and, and it was megabucks 
megabucks. You know, we're not talking about $50,000. And he did a tirade, uh, you know, several pages regarding the war against cancer. And we, we have not won that war. We've lost that war. And uh, something like Herbitex, you know, so you're on it for uh, six months, but uh, the tumor shrinks and the patient dies. That's the track record of Herbitex. And this is one reason why uh, Health Canada is not particularly quick to pay for uh, treatment with Herbitex for, for, for cancer. You were talking earlier about ubiquinol. Hmm, ubiquinol? Yeah, it's in the slate category. Yeah. So that's coenzyme Q10. That's coenzyme Q10, which shows you again how uh, incompetent these people are because uh, the, the uh, coenzyme Q10 deficiency, which can be caused by taking Lipitor or some of these other similar uh, type of cholesterol-lowering drugs, can bring on a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a stroke, or both. And uh, so wouldn't it make sense if you're on a, on a drug that's depleting you of this important enzyme to be supplementing with it? So it should be way up there in the worth column, the worth it column. Quercetin? Quercetin? Quercetin is a member of the bioflavonoid family. It's an antioxidant in its own way, and it's found in certain fruit and vegetables, just as... Uh, uh, other members of the bioflavonoids, citrus, uh, the lemon bioflavonoids, and uh, that are f- and the other bioflavonoids found in or- in the citrus fruit, orange, grapefruit, and lemon and limes and that sort of thing. Uh, how about MSM, chondroitin? Okay, MSM. That's the um, the uh, the sulfur compound, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and of course, chondroitin. Well, they have uh, they have uh, benefit in terms of uh, pain relief. And healing when it comes to muscle and cartilage. So, and the evidence has been established there. But you see, not patentable. Another mm-hmm. one is colloidal silver. It's right at the very bottom. Well, again, they, they, they don't know the history of silver, but uh, silver has been known for centuries for its healing factor Wasn't it as, called, a, as uh, an anti This is one reason why the wealthy liked silverware uh, in, in storing uh, their, you know, in, in serving uh, their their food at dinner in silverware, not for the case of style or to show how wealthy we were, is because silver is a natural antibiotic and a natural antifungal. It was called Russian penicillin. Yeah. During World War II. Uh, no, garlic was. Garlic, right. Yeah. Yes. I suppose they're knocking garlic in this one. Actually, too. you know what? Garlic is right at the bottom as well. Yeah, which again shows you how. Well, even, no, it's not right at the bottom. It's in, in the slight category. Yeah. yeah. Again, it shows you how ignorant they are. Uh, when they got trypsin and uh, chemotrypsin, I mean, these are important amino acids. To say that they're worthless is, uh, is to show how ignorant. I need a magnifying glass. This print is just a little too fine on the small baubles. Right at the very bottom, there's uva, ursi, rosehip, wheatgrass. Well, what do they think is in rosehips? Uh, bioflavonoids, for one thing, and vitamin C. And, um, Japanese honeysuckle. Yeah. Well, again, the, these are these are fruit or vegetables or flowers. The flowers themselves have these nutritional factors in them that are antioxidant and healing. Black cohosh, bitter orange, mm-hmm. dandelion, flaxseed oil. Mm-hmm. All at the bottom. Yeah. And of course, the dandelion, uh, the leaves themselves are quite nutritious. Uh, the root uh, is, uh, in fact, a powerful healing factor. 
And, of course, you can make wine out of dandelion blossoms, too. <laughs> I, I know that because my uh, maternal grandmother had done that once. Well, I think we've covered most of this chart. Yeah. So what's your final opinion on this chart? Well, I would say that anybody that would rely on this as a reliable source uh, for the value of, uh, of vitamins and minerals, especially when it comes to your vitamin C and vitamin E and vitamin A. Uh, and I guess when they say vitamin E, they're talking about pro-vitamin A, which, uh, or rather preformed vitamin A, which is what you find in fish liver oil, cod liver oil, uh, and of course is synthesized in your own liver from pro-vitamin A, which is uh, beta-carotene, alpha-carotin, xanthine, uh, lutein, and lycopene. And these in, in themselves are important for eye health and liver health. And for them to be on the bottom of the list shows you just how incompetent the author of this chart really is. And magnesium. And, at the and of course, magnesium, although I just can't believe it. I know of people who have been saved from a massive heart attack by having a magnesium salts, um, a solution of magnesium uh, salt. This would be um, Epsom salts. That's a magnesium salt injected directly into the heart muscle with a hypodermic needle. Mm -hmm. It relaxed the heart and saved them from death by heart attack. And this shows you how uh, I just can't believe that this could be so incompetent. So, who, And of course, and it's coming from PubMed. And who is PubMed but a patsy? If, uh, you know, or or uh, or uh, it's a it's a collection, uh, an online collection of, yeah. of placebo-controlled clinical trials. So-called placebo-controlled. Well, I've seen placebo-controlled clinical trials, and they weren't worth the powder to blow them to you know where. A placebo-controlled tr trial, where uh, the the placebo uh, was supposed to be, uh, you know, inert, but instead, guess what? It had aluminum in it, mm -hmm. an aluminum salt, and uh, and there was also an aluminum salt in in the, in the in this case the vaccine in question that they were testing for its efficacy to prevent uh, these um, genital herpes or genital uh, maybe genital cancer uh, ultimately, uh, and uh, yet. How could you say it was placebo-controlled when you've got aluminum salts in not only the vaccine under question, but the so-called placebo? And th this, this is a matter of record, and this shows you how dishonest big pharma can be to get their point across, to sell us and to sucker us into accepting their crap, because that's what it is. I'm sorry that I have to be blunt about it, but uh, that is the bottom line. So you don't trust this chart and you don't, I, you don't I, recommend it? It's not worth the paper to light uh, a cigarette with. Let's move on then to information that you do trust. And we're talking about publications and online resources that you can get good, valid nutritional information and natural solutions for health problems. Yeah, well, what doctors don't tell you, it's a publication out of the United Kingdom and it comes out uh, monthly. And, uh, and initially, uh, as a document, there's usually about 12 or more pages uh, printed on both sides. Uh, and it's properly bound in that and in, in durable print and paper. And I've got quite a collection of it, uh, of, of past issues. And I just don't give them up because they are valuable. 
So yeah. that's one. And then, then there is uh, the Nutrition Against Disease uh, newsletter by Dr. Jonathan V. Wright of the Tahoma Clinic, so that Renton, Washington. That one's called Nutrition and Healing, I believe? I think, oh, yeah, Nutrition and Healing, pardon me. And yeah, that's a great one. I, yeah, I that, 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 one. that and I and I I have a, a current subscription to that. I keep that. I've got back subscriptions. So people, I've, who, I've been subscribing that since about nineteen, uh, uh, going back to about nineteen seventy or thereabouts. So if you subscribe to the, the nutrition and healing newsletter, you also get access to the online site website with and all, all the, the information. Issues. That's right. And, and, of course, uh, Dr. Jonathan Wright has worked with some of the greatest physicians and researchers of the 20th century. And I guess he's a man now and probably in his uh, 60s or 70s, but he, he would work with the likes of, jo- of uh, Dr. Manuel Cheraskin, whom we mentioned uh, earlier regarding uh, Dr. Cheraskin's work with vitamin C as a healing factor. And of Dr. Frederick Klenner and his work with uh, vitamin C uh, against uh, and vitamin D against multiple sclerosis, and uh, and of course uh, we're looking at vitamin C and and vitamin D against Parkinson's disease, you know, and uh, you'll find all kinds of valuable information and leads that can help you to get back on the road to good health. Another one of uh, your favorites, I know, is also the Townsend Letter. The Townsend Letter for Doctors, yes. And there you will find columns by medical doctors. Uh, not only uh, we're talking about medical doctors, but also as opposed to naturopathic physicians, who you will also find uh, having, authoring uh, columns in the Townsend Letter for Doctors. And uh, you will also find uh, other news and information uh, as to what is going on in the world of, of health and healing and the prevention of disease. It's a great publication. I subscribe to it. And it, well. it's how many pages? I forget. Oh, it's a big, thick one. Yeah, it's a loaded good, with information. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is actually they changed their name. It used to be the Townsend Letter for Doctors and Patients. I know, and that's the second time they changed the name because it used to be just the Townsend Letter for Doctors, and then they said... Well, doctors and patients. No, it's... Uh, is this the Townsend Letter? That's the Townsend Letter, Examiner of the Medical Alternatives. Okay, the Townsend Letter, Examiner of Medical Alternatives. Perfect. And then uh, what about Dr. David Williams you were mentioning? Uh, yeah, that's another another newsletter, and uh, I think it's useful. Uh, his uh, newsletter is called Alternatives, I believe. And there's a lot of good information from a medical doctor who stands critical of our medical uh, system as it is today. And, and of course, uh, th- that would be in the same rank as Dr. Jonathan Wright and, and the Townsend letter uh, for me- on medical alternatives and uh, so on. And, and, of course, what doctors don't tell you. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a limit to what you can sub- subscribe to. The next thing you know, you're spending about three or $400 a year for newsletters. And uh, so my top choices would be Dr. Jonathan V. Wright's newsletter out of Tahoma, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, that's where his clinic is, I think. Mm-hmm. That or in Renton. It's a Tahoma clinic in Renton, Washington. And, of course, the, the Townsend uh, letter on alternative therapies. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, there's Julian Whitaker's newsletter. Then uh, all the others, well, you can pick and choose. I would go over them very carefully. If you can go down to the library and look them over, then you can decide which would be more suitable to your uh, needs and interest. 
And what so, about online resources? Any favorite web pages and and whatnot that you you like to go to? Well, of course, one of the best is the of course Dr. Jonathan Wright's uh, newsletter, and of course the Townsend letter also is online. And so is what doctors don't tell you. If you have a subscription, then you will be able to get online and access uh, their websites. So mm-hmm. uh, so you just have to look and and uh, and take the action accordingly. I get I get most of those uh, email newsletters, but they don't have all this, the information no, in, because in the, the email newsletter because yeah, they're trying they, to sell on the, Yeah, and of course the on the website there, there can be a lot more. And there's um, uh, naturalnews.com, uh, Mike Adams, yes. uh, the health yeah, ranger. Yeah, and of course that's more oriented towards the health food industry, the manufacturers of uh, vitamins, minerals, and herbals and other health products, and the retailers and it's for their benefit, but also for the health consumer. Yep, and always uh, reporting the latest scientific evidence supporting natural health. And, and also keeping you uh, alert to as to what Big Pharma is doing in trying to turn government against natural health and healing. And then there's Mercola.com. Yes, that's a good website, and you can get on his uh, mailing list, and several times a month and maybe a few times a week you will get items from Mercola that keep you right up to date uh, on different things, and uh, there's some interesting things right now. Mercola.com, I believe, is how you access it. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, it's free, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, it means you can also download videos uh, of, uh, of pr- presentations and, uh, and, and talks and, uh, and, and lectures on, on different items. So it, it's a valuable. A resource for health and healing information. And there's one more that you didn't mention. You'll have to remind That's me. That's Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. <laughs> Caught with the goods. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if you're uh, if you know anybody that's interested in health and, and natural uh, healing, uh, forward this information, this address to anyone that you know. And if you are, uh, you know, in the greater Vancouver area, I'm going to say, suggest this, that uh, we need to get some sponsors to keep this program going. And just to give you an idea of a uh, potential sponsor would be somebody like Cripps Pharmacy. Uh, they put out some excellent products, and uh, you can get some very good information from them. So uh, if you are buying your vitamins from Cripps Pharmacy, tell them that... We sent you. There you go. You heard it on Health Empowerment with yours truly, Croft Woodruff and Andrew McGivern. And if you have any questions for Croft, please uh, go to our voicemail feedback line. We've got two numbers, one for the United States, one for Canada. And they're on the website, www.foodsarenotdrugs.com, on the right-hand side. And that's it for now, and we'll see you again next week. And... Good afternoon. It's that time, and thank you very much, Andrew. Andrew.